Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. You're listening to our 2023 Advent Message Series, where we explore the contours of a particular verse in the book of Luke, and we simply believe that message is as true now as it was 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was and still is good news of great joy for all people. So be blessed as you listen to this word. You know, our world is uh, inundated with news. It's it's almost like you can't escape it, right? And and most of it is not good. That's that's the sad reality that we find ourselves in in the world. And I I don't have to tell you this. I don't need to convince any of you. I don't need to tell you any stories. And the reason is this, because you feel it. You sense the chaos in our world, don't you? We, we all know it's there. There's news of, of all kinds. There's, there's breaking news, right? Israel, hostages, protests. There's news. There's old news, Ukraine. You almost forgot that that was still happening because we've moved on to the next cycle. There's economic news, inflation. There's sports news, roll tide. That's for Curtis. <laughs> Political news. Uh, don't Elections 2024. Don't even want to think about it, right? Fake news, impartial news, if there is such a thing. The world around us just lives in chaos. And it feels like all of us are kind of hooked up to this steady, constant drip of news that keeps us on the edge from all the bad news that inundates our lives. Social psychologists tell us that this is actually true, that the news that we have, that the news that we get all the time has a bent towards the negative. Uh, it's really interesting. Um, in studies, it's found that about 90% of what we get in our normal daily news cycles, 90% of the news cycle is in the negative. It's bad news. And, and, and now we're, we're quick to blame the media outlets or, you know, social media algorithms. But the reality is this. They're just peddling their product. You see, we we are not passive recipients of news. We have become consumers of news. And their product is simply reflecting on what we will most readily consume. And we all tend to pay much more attention to the bad news. Now, there's some science behind that. There's some science about why, why that's the case. Um, it's, it's true uh, that there is something called negativity bias. And if you've never heard about it, it's, it's really quite interesting to study. Uh, psychology, the psychologists around us, they tell us this. It has something to do with this little tiny pea-sized part of your brain called the amygdala. And, and it's this part of our brain that controls our emotions, it controls our fight or flight, you know, mechanism and our responses. And it's constantly on the lookout for danger. 
It's kind of like your protective sonar. It's just throwing this thing out there all the time, just do 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 right? And it's just like, it's just like out there looking for what's dangerous, looking for what's bad, right? You're just constantly throwing out the sonar. And, and when it senses something is good, what's really weird about our minds is when it senses something that's good, it's like we just kind of calmly pass by it. Like, that's good. Leave it alone, right? Because if I touch it, it won't be good for long, right? Or don't call any attention to it. If we call attention to it, then it's going to get bad really fast. So it's just like we just, when it's good, we just calmly move by it, you know? And, and, and then, but the, on the other hand, when it says this is something that's bad or dangerous, it starts sending up flares, right? It's just like warning lights, uh, 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 you know, this is bad stuff. And it, and it riles us up and we get, we get a little extra hit of dopamine in our lives and we're like, oh, oh, oh right? I mean, isn't that our lives? It's just a constant state of, oh, look, oh, look. I mean, and the news, the news media, they, they know how to work that with us, right? Because all they got to do is throw up a thing, breaking news, and you're like, oh, and you expect it to be bad when your Apple Watch jiggles, right? You, you, you almost expect, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's, what's going on? It's, it's something's going to be bad, our brains are trained, like I said, to bypass the good and familiar and stay on the lookout for the negative. And, and this is why we can stare at the TV for hours on end watching the insanity. It's addictive. And we spend hours scrolling the chaos. There's even a new word that popped up in our dictionaries um, just in the last year or two. And it's a strange, it's, it's a term called doom scrolling. And it's exactly what it sounds like. In fact, there's doom scrolling is this. It's the art, if there is such a thing, of con, uh, continuously seeking out and reading bad news. You're, you're just scrolling. This is why, like, you'll, you'll get there with your phone and you just scroll, 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 scroll. And, and if there's something that happened, if there's bad news that happened, if, if the newsfeed comes, it's like boom, boom, boom. You, you will stop longer and look at the stuff that's bad as opposed to the stuff that is good. And they've got you. And you're sitting there just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And you're even asking yourself, why in the world am I doing this? I honestly believe one of the great disciplines that we need to have as followers of Jesus Christ is pay careful attention to your screen time because it is robbing us of valuable time that can be spent with the Lord. And, and, and so too much news, uh, there's just study after study after study. Um, there's, too, there, there's all this, uh, that too much news consumption leads to anxiety, to depression, even to isolation. And studies are showing that this is all feeding into and piling onto this mental health crisis that we see in our world today. And I personally, I just, I believe, as I was studying this and thinking about it, I was like, man, this is a tool of the evil one who wants to wrap us up in the grip of negativity like a constrictor and just squeeze the life out of us. Do you feel it? Do you feel it tightening where you can almost not breathe? You know, Adam and Eve, they, their minds, 
I was thinking about this in light of just what the Bible teaches us. And Adam and Eve, um, they bypassed, just like I said, our minds bypass all the good things. Adam and Eve's mind bypassed all of the splendor and the perfection of what God had created for them. They didn't focus on like, whoa, like look at every, like we can eat from every tree in the garden. I mean, I mean, they didn't, they didn't focus in on that. What did they focus in on? They focused in on the one negative in the garden. I, I mean, isn't that crazy? They focused on the one danger and then got close to it. The one thing that could bring death. Because they couldn't keep their eyes and eventually their hands off of it, sin entered the world and absolute chaos ensues. And you see what happens in the early chapters of the Bible. The sin enters the world and just wreaks havoc on humanity. And it's the havoc that has built up and built up and built up, and we still feel all of that today because at the core of the world problem, at the core, at the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart, and it's the sin in our world that brings bad news. The bad news is this. We're told in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned. All have sinned. How many of you are included in that number, right? Yeah. We all have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of the glory of God. Now, what, what is this glory of God thing? Well, the glory of God in, in, in pictures, like artists throughout the ages have tried to capture this and kind of like, you know, paint into pictures the, the glory of God. And it usually looks like kind of like, you know, maybe a halo or a glow, right? Whatever it is, it it's always seems to come with light. And, and the reality is, is that I think the easiest way to understand glory, God's glory, is that his, his visual and manifest presence of his holiness. It is like his presence, like, but it's, it's like his presence that's so palpable you can feel it. Right? It is his presence. And the problem is, is that it tells us that we've all sinned, we fall short of that glory. In other words, we all have sinned and, and we fall short of being to fully experience the presence of God. We, we, we're outside of the presence of God when sin reigns in our lives. And sin keeps us outside of God's presence. And when you live outside of God's presence, you live without peace. You live without hope. You lived without truth. You live without love. You live without joy. And you live without his light. To live outside of God's presence is to live in chaos. It's to live in fear. To live in darkness. To, to live separated from God is to live in hell. And the reality is, is that there's so much bad news that we're living in this just time of, of chaos. C.S. Lewis, Lewis puts it this way, and I love this in his Chronicles of Narnia. He says, he says to live outside that way is, is to live in a place that is always winter, but never Christmas. Always winter, but never Christmas. 
it almost just sounds sad, doesn't it? But praise God for Christmas, amen? Because the world is a mess. The world is in chaos. And it was in chaos back then. The world was in utter chaos when the first Christmas story took place. I mean, God's people, the Israelites, they were under Roman occupation. The, the, The beginning of the story is all about, you know, tyrants and rulers who are dictating taxes and just all these crazy things are going on. I mean, it was not a time of good news. But it's into that world that the Christmas story breaks. And couldn't we all use some good news right now? Our world is just thirsty for good news. Christmas is all about a God, and we've talked about this this morning already. Christmas is all about a God who loved us too much to leave us separated from him. It's about a God breaking into the cold, dark, and sinful world to rescue us from our sin and rescue us out of the chaos. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to rescue us from our sin and rescue us from the chaos. I think the problem is some of us are just holding on to our chaos because it's familiar, because our brains are bent towards the negative, and because we think we have to protect ourselves. But you have a loving Heavenly Father that wants to take your sin and help remove the chaos. And my friends, that is good news. Amen? The story of Christmas is the story of good news. And I, I, I want to read some of this uh, with you. I, I want to encourage you over the next couple of weeks, um, bring your Bibles with you, you know, I, this kind, right? The kind of like paper and pages and stuff like that. Just, uh, it's just, I think, I think it's just important. So I'm going to read for you part of, part of the familiar, wonderful story of Christmas. Um, it's start, I'm going to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and, and 14, uh, through 14, and we're going to talk a little bit about this news. It says this, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory, remember that, the glory? So what they hadn't seen before, what had been lost in the world, boom, it just explodes on the scene. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now listen to this. Is, this is the core right here. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory, there it is again, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. Couldn't we use some peace on earth? to those on whom his favor rests. Do you see the glory? What we lost, what sin made us fall short of, God is bringing back in a powerful way in the story of Christmas. That his glory is now revealed to us And this is part of the greatest part of the story of Christmas. And for the next few weeks, as we prepare our hearts, that's what Advent is all about, to prepare our hearts to celebrate the arrival of our newborn king, we're going to camp out here on those couple of verses 
that he brought, that the angel brought good news of great joy for all people. We're going to camp out there on these words and, and, and we're going to see what God can do to bring this good news to life in us. And so uh, the, the first one we're going to talk about just briefly today is um, the angel said, the first thing he says is, I'm going to, I, I bring you good news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. So let, let's look at the good news. When you think of the words good news, if I just say, hey, good news, well, I mean, what do you think of? What's good news for you today? What would be good news? I, I mean, for some of you, uh, you know, what comes to mind? For some of you, it might be hearing a doctor say, hey, you know what? The results are clear. That's good news. I, 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 we, we prayed for one another. We prayed for so many people in the room. And when the, when the doctor comes back and says, hey, the results are good. Like, right, that, I mean, that, that's good news. Uh, for some of you, it might be hearing the mechanics say, oh, simple fix, it won't be too expensive. <laughs> for some of you with young kids, it might be, oh, we'll take the kids tonight, you go Christmas shopping, right? It might be a boss telling you, hey, you, you got a raise. If you grew up in the church, when you hear the word good news, you probably think just of the story of Jesus. How Jesus came, he preached, he healed people, he died on the cross to pay for our sins, and he rose from the grave. That is the good news. In some places we call that the gospel. The gospel, it's the same word, gospel, good news. And what's interesting is the actual meaning of the words good news in your Bibles, it, it actually, in the original language, it's actually only one word, and the one word is euangelion, euangelion. And this word euangelion in the Greek language was a Roman military word. And it was used to describe an announcement of victory. It, it was a word that was used to announce the expansion of the kingdom. In their day and time, because Rome, and the Rome, this huge army, was overtaking the world, um, what would happen is they would go and as they would conquer a new area, soon as the area would co was conquered, they would send a herald, a messenger, right? Which messenger, the word for angel, is actually, you know, real close to this word for messenger. It would send a messenger, and the messenger would come and proclaim the euangelion, this message of good news. And Rome would tell you, hey, this is good news. It's not bad news that now you're part of the kingdom. This is good news. And it would say now, and, and the, whole, the whole premise of the message was this. It was to proclaim that there was a new king in charge. It was to proclaim that, hey, now this area is now part of the kingdom under kingship of this new king. And, and, and as long as you would place your allegiance to this new king, that you were under the protection and the power and, and, and you received all the benefits of being underneath this kingdom. That's what Euangelion was. It was this idea that, hey, this is good news. There's a new king and he wants to take care of you. You see how that ties in with the Christmas story? Because likewise, the Christmas story is the story of the arrival of a king, a new king. 
The angels proclaimed the good news, and Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God as well. Throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus talks about this good news. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease, sickness, uh, and sickness among the people. That's good news. Then in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, it says, Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. Jesus says, hey, the reason I'm here is to proclaim this good news, to tell you that, hey, guess what? That there is a king that is in charge and it's not the worldly kings that we all, you know, tend to get tricked by. It is, the, it is a good king and he has good news for us. And while the bad news is that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, the good news is this. The good news is that Christ came to save us from our sins, to reverse the effects of sinfulness in our lives. Another part of the Christmas story bears this out. In in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 23, we have this story of Joseph. And it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. I won't go into all the details of this, but but at the beginning of this story, this news did not sound so good to Joseph. At the beginning of the story... It sounded like bad news to Joseph. I mean, we live in a world with so much news, bad news, biased news, all those other things, right? We have become skeptical. Aren't you skeptical of the news? It's like, I, I mean, we, we just don't know who to listen to. And Joseph was, was confused. Joseph was like, this is not good news. I mean, my, my, my girlfriend is pregnant, and I never, so how, and now what? <laughs> right? I mean, th- I mean, you think about, think about that. I mean, like, what, now, now, I mean, that does not sound like good news, right? It does not sound like good news. The news, of, but, but here's the thing. What Joseph didn't realize in the moment was he was being invited in to have a front row seat to the best news of the best story that there's ever been. And today, God is inviting all of us to participate in the story of the kingdom. And at first, for some of us, we get confused. We're like, I don't know. I don't know if this sounds like good news. I mean, you mean I need to make these decisions and those decisions and give this up and not do this and all these other things? And we're like, I don't know that this sounds like good news, God. But I want you to just realize that what God is doing is he's inviting you in to a kingdom where he reigns and he rules and he protects and he provides. And sometimes it doesn't look the way you think it ought to look. But he is always working it out for good because he's a good news God. But it tells us that after Joseph had considered this, says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, you get a front row seat to watch God redeem the world. Is it going to cost you a little bit? Yep. Might cost you your reputation. It's certainly going to tweak your plans. It, it, it's not going to make life easy at the moment, but you get to God, watch God work in ways that no one else will get to see. And folks, that's, that is amazing news. The good news is Jesus did not come to show us some plan on how to, you know, give us some self-help tips on how to clean up our lives so that we could uh, act the right way and be acceptable to God. He didn't come to show us how you could work your way back into God's good graces because you can't. The good news is that he came to save us from our sins. He came to take our sins upon himself and to nail them to an ugly Roman cross so that you and I could have the gift of eternal life. Folks, is that good news? That is good news. And it tells us, it goes on the story, it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The good news is that our king is with us. The, the good news is he's not just sitting on the throne somewhere else, kind of just, you know, pointing things and, you know, calling out plans or whatever. He entered into our world. This is the miracle of all miracles. That the Almighty, the creator of the universe, would contain himself in a human body and come and live alongside of us. To come and live with us. Folks, so that he could be with us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our chaos, that Jesus would enter in and walk with us. And he still wants to walk with us today. Now, how did Joseph respond? When Joseph woke up, it says, he, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. And he took Mary home and his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. You know, for the good news to be good, it requires that you believe it. For the good news to be good, it requires that you act upon it. Not, not, not just go, oh, there's good news. It, it's not just to, to know the story. It, it's that you have to act upon it. You, you have to believe and you have to act upon the story. John 3.16 makes this clear. For God so loved the world, which we sang about earlier, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. In order for that to happen, we have to believe. And maybe you're here this morning, you've never really just said, yes, I, I believe. Yes, I, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he came to rescue me from my sin. And if that's you today, man, this is great news. Because God can take your sin and, and give you eternal life. 
The question this morning is, do you believe the good news? Do you believe that God loves you so much that he would send his only son to save you? Because in order for the good news to truly be good, you've got to do something about it. You, you have to believe it. And we're invited into this kingdom where he rules and he reigns in a place where we are under his care and protection. And the good news of Christmas is our king came to save us from our sins. And then secondly, our, our king came to bring order into the storms and the chaos of our lives. The good news brings peace to our chaos. There's a great story in, in, the, in the New Testament, in the life of Jesus about this. In Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, it says this. It says that this day, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, hey, let's go over to the other side of the, of the lake, the Sea of Galilee. And, and leaving the crowd behind, they took, they took him, Jesus, along, and, and just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. And so it's evening, they jump in a boat, which is kind of crazy anyways, because it's like, you know, they, they don't have the kind of boats we have, and they don't have lights, and they don't have a lot of stuff, and it's nighttime. But don't worry, these guys are professional fishermen, right? They, they, they know this like, like the back of their hands, right? And, and Jesus says, oh, you know what? Um, it's getting dark. Let's get in the boat and go across. Now, the Sea of Galilee, I've been there before, it's not that far across. You can actually see the other side. So it's like, okay, we can make it there, right, before it gets too bad. <laughs> Maybe. Because here's what happens in the next verse. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was completely swamped, or nearly swamped. See, this, the Sea of Galilee is known for this kind of mess. Because of the topography, uh, it's known for these crazy squalls that can just whip up in an instant. But beyond that, the whole idea that, that, that is, is in the text that we, we maybe don't see is that in this day and age, the whole concept of the sea of these deep, dark waters represented chaos, unpredictability. There was all this belief about these creatures of evil that lived in the depths of the deep and in the chaos of the sea, and, and, and that if you weren't careful, these things would just pull you under. Now, there's one other thing to remember is this. Just because Jesus is with you doesn't mean that you won't have storms in your life or that you'll just live chaos-free. Now, I love this next part. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Okay, the boat's getting swamped. Jesus is taking a nap in the back of the boat. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? If we're honest, sometimes during the storms of our lives, it kind of feels like, Jesus is not paying attention, doesn't it? But sometimes, like, these guys are like, teacher, don't you care? I mean, I mean isn't, isn't that a prayer that we've all prayed before? Like, man, Jesus, like, like Jesus, don't, don't you care about what's going on? Don't you care about my chaos? But then look what happens. He got up, and he rebukes the wind, and says to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, it was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They were scared when the squall came up. 
but they were terrified when Jesus calmed it. Why? Because they witnessed the incredible power of the Almighty. You see, folks, Jesus came to save us, and if you'll let him, he, will bring, he can bring peace to your chaos. It doesn't mean there won't be any chaos, but he can bring peace in the midst of the chaos. So this holiday season, don't let all the other voices drown out the voice of the angel that says, hey, I've come to bring you good news, that there is a savior, and that you have a king who can bring order into your chaos if you will trust him. I mean, and, and remember, this good news, this is just way too good to keep it to yourself. The story of Christmas is a Christmas of good news, but it's a story that we not only need to hear, it's a story we not only need to believe, it's a story that we need to share. The early church shared this story like crazy. In Acts 5.42, it says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus was the Messiah. The news was just too good. I remember when I was a kid, when I think about good news, I, I always laugh. I chuckle inside about this crazy story. Um, how, how many of you remember the ice cream truck? Right, yeah. We, we, when I was growing up, we had, um, we had Mary. Mary was awesome. Mary was Mary the ice cream lady. And um, Mary, Mary would come around. Mary was so cool. Um, Mary was the one who, you know, you would like be fumbling through your pockets and, you know, like, remember like, you know, the bomb pop, right? And stuff is like, and, and that was like, that was like, you know, 10 cents. I know I'm dating myself. But it's like, you're fumbling through and you got a nickel and a couple pennies and she's all, that's good, you know? And she's just like, Mary was awesome. You got a free ice cream on, on your birthday, Right, um, so we would always try to trick her. Mary, it's my birthday. No, it was your birthday last week and the week before that. <laughs> right, so it was like you know, there's all this, you know, and but, but so so Mary was awesome. She was like the, she was like one of our, our our childhood heroes on Berkeley Street. Right, and she, Mary was amazing. Um, and one day, one day, you know, you hear the music coming down the street. And, and you see Mary's ice cream truck going by. And back then, they didn't all have all the fancy refrigeration. You know, it basically just had some dry ice in there and, and everything. And she just had to sell what she had for the day. And she comes around, and there's this weird spot at the end of our street where there was this weird kind of like culvert thing, kind of a catch basin deal. And there was this big bump. And Mary goes over the big bump. And I don't know what happened, but I think like the axle broke or something. And like the wheel, like it was almost falling off and she's stuck down there. Right. And um, me and my friend are riding our bikes by and we're looking and Mary's out looking at the tire and it's all bent and it's all out of shape. And it's, you know, and we're like, Mary, what's, what's, what, what happened? She's all, ah, my truck broke down. We're like, oh man, what, like, what can we do? How can we help? And I love this. Mary just looks at us and she goes, go get everybody. Because the ice cream's gonna melt. And everybody gets ice cream. And when you're eight years old, that is good news. But Mary knew that, like, you know what? There's, there's some bad news in her day. But Mary found a way to share the good news. Mary found a way in the midst of the storm of life to share 
with everybody else. And folks, this news is just way too good to keep it inside. This is way too good of news to keep it to ourselves. But before we can share it, we've got to believe it. Before we share it, we've got to embrace it. And my fear every year at this time of year is that we are so busy and we're running ourselves so ragged that we don't take time to fully embrace the goodness of the news of Christmas. That folks, we have a king and this king has come to take our sin so that we can be back in the presence of God and experience his glory. We have a God who comes into our lives and wants to help make peace in the midst of our chaos. So how do we embrace the good news of Christmas? I'm going to give you four things that I just hope maybe you will, um, you will entertain over this next week. Number one, these are on your little sheet. You can even grab one when you go out. Number one, would you saturate yourself with the good news? Here's what I mean by that. Every day over the course of this next week, would you spend time, no news, but with the good news? The time you might normally watch some other news or whatever, even if it's on your phone, spend time with the good news. Read the story of Christmas over and over and over again this week. Saturate yourself with it. I there, if, if you go online to our media page, there's a spot where we usually have notes and stuff you can, you can download. I, I, I put this down. There's a couple of these hard copies um, uh, for those of you who, who struggle with downloading. Um, and, and this is just the story of Christmas. You can read this in like 15 minutes. Every day, would you spend time saturating yourself with good news? Read the story. Turn off the news and read the story of Christmas. It's in the book of Matthew, the end of chapter one and part of chapter, beginning of chapter two. It's in Luke chapter, you know, one and two. And just read. Go, if you don't have the version Bible app, you know, then go download that and just look for a place. Just put in there, hey, I need to read the story of Christmas. You'll find it. But saturate yourself with the good news this week. The second is this, is believe it. Believe the good news. I mean, really, really take time to think about, like, do you believe in this incredible story? Behold, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. He will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And he will be Emmanuel, God with us. Do you believe that? That God is with you? And just spend time just every day, just like, I, I believe. If you're here today and, and, and you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, then man, I want to talk to you today because that is good news. So believe it. And the next thing is share it. Share the good news. If we're going to fully embrace it, man, then you're going to have to share it. Share the good news with somebody this week. The thing that Devin had you write down this week you know what? I mean, share that. Share that with people around you. 
talk about it with your talk about this incredible good news with your children talk about it with the people around you bring up the story of the good news everywhere you go share the good news and here's the one thing I, I'm going to ask you to do invite somebody to join you for Christmas Eve invite somebody to join you for Christmas Eve because that night man it is always so special and, and we're, people will hear the good news People all the time say, oh, I'm not sure what to say. Say, come with to Christmas Eve. What, what stats tell us is this, is that most people out there, if they get an invitation, they're more likely to come this time of year. And they want to be invited. So just invite them to come, and they will hear the good news of Jesus. And the last is this, be the good news. Because when you fully embrace the good news and what Jesus has done for you, it, it ought to cause every single one of us to go and be good news to the people around us. Get creative, folks. Be good news. Be, be good news to your neighbors and your coworkers. Be good news to your children and to your parents. And be, be good news and, and get creative about what that looks like. It, it might just be taking some of those Christmas cookies to someone you never have before. You know, it might, it might be inviting somebody to coffee. It might be, you know, you, you get the picture. Just be good news to somebody this week. Because the angel told us, I bring you good news of great joy. It's for all the people. So let's be good news together and share this message of hope. And come back next week, we're going to talk about the great joy that it brings when we do. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the good news that you bring. I thank you, Father, for the child, your son, that you held nothing back. And that, Father, you entered our world so you could lead us out that your son came and gave his life so that our sins could be forgiven. And Father, you, you know the chaos of our world. Father, and we, we pray, Lord, we pray for our world. Pray for the evil that is swirling. We pray, Father, that you would help make peace in the midst of our chaos. And Father, help us be good news pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If you'd like to support the work of our church, head to npfcc.org give to make a one-time or reoccurring gift. For more information about us, you can always check out our website at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org.